A very good evening to you, or a good afternoon, good morning, wherever indeed you are listening tonight to episode number four of the Scots Klingon podcast. The podcast which brings you an insight into our crew here, and a very fine crew here in Scotland. Across Scotland, last week we were up in Aberdeen, speaking to our quartermaster, Ian Struthers. And that kind of reminded me of, of an old joke, you know, was a, a Scotsman was on it trying to sue a Canadian TV show uh, because he, had, he reckoned he'd won the prize money. And the prize money was actually 25,000 Canadian dollars. And the protest basically involved the final question where the guy said, um, Santa Fe was the question. And the Scotsman said, the North Pole. Now, you can, of course, make up your own mind if that is the correct answer. We here in Scotland think it is. <laughs> but it was something else um, connected to, of course, the place of Santa Fe. Uh, but this evening, I am delighted to be welcomed to a very long-standing Klingon, uh, who is part of our group as well, of course. And he is Mr. Kevin Green, based in Glasgow. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening. Very good to have you in the studio with us tonight. Are you I'm well? happy to be here. Yes, I'm well. Happy to be here, yes. The sun is shining in Glasgow. It is, yes. Yeah, as it is, yeah. Um, for those listening again abroad, um, just an Indian summer really here in Scotland just now, I think, with the weather, which we're always pleased to hear. Well, we've so, been very lucky with the weather. We have. I know they, all these heat waves that have, have uh, been across the UK and Scotland last, last week. Well, not used to it at all. But to get straight into it, really, as, as I said there, um, Kevin has a very long-standing Klingon, which he's going to be telling us about just in a minute. But really, just to kick off, Kevin, could you tell us a bit about how you became a Star Trek fan? Well, I always did like Star Trek as a as a child. Uh, Star Trek was probably one of the very few science fiction programs that my father actually watched. Uh, he was he was a, a, a large fan of uh, the original series, uh, so I got into watching the original series of Star Trek through my father. And would that that be the reruns again in BBC Two? It was, yes, uh, <laughs> obviously. Uh, Star Trek started uh, the year... No, when, when did it start? 1965? 66. 66. Well, that's when I was born. Right, so yeah, I, was, yeah. I was a little bit young to watch it back then. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I think um, our previous three guests, indeed, you, I think we all share that in common, that it, it really started... With the original series, I know, of course, other people for other people that have been the next generation or perhaps even later. Um, would you would you say you had a favourite series overall? Uh, I will always love the original series, but from a Klingon point of view, uh, next gen Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. uh, they sort of brought the Klingons more to the the forefront. Very much so, and I, I think in the 1990s especially, that was a massive boost, wasn't it, for, well, people wanting to dress as Klingons as well. Yes, yes. Even just the, the motion picture, uh, just that first couple of minutes with the, the Klingons fighting the probe, mm-hmm. uh, that was just amazing with that battle theme in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's very iconic music. Um, one that we still still fondly remember and still here, of course, today. And so, I mean, as you say, they're kind of growing up watching, first of all, the original series, and then I, I assume you you just watched um, The Next Generation from there? Yes, I watched Next Generation right from the start, yeah. Uh, used to be a member of a, of a, a, a Star Trek group called The Away Team, mm-hmm. uh, and it was based in Glasgow in one of the hotels in Glasgow. And what used to happen was someone in America recorded all the episodes in America 
onto videotape, and then that right. videotape was then posted to Glasgow. Right. And then there was a, an away team, and it was drawn in up to 800 people sometimes. Uh, and then it was like every couple of months, and we would all go descend on Glasgow, and then they would show all the episodes one after the other throughout right. the day. It was like a whole day thing. Right. Uh, and that was called the away team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the organisers of the away team then started making Star Trek conventions. Right. And then we used to have Star Trek conventions in Glasgow with guests from America. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the very first one, but I was there for the second convention onwards and I never missed one. Uh, from then on, and would that be around about nineteen ninety or early, 90, early the 80s? First one, the first convention I attended, Star Trek convention, was nineteen ninety two. Right, it was at the Glasgow Central Hotel, mm-hmm. and the main guest of honor was George Takei. All oh, right, uh, and at the opening ceremony for that event, we had kidnapped George Takei. The Klingons had made a video earlier in the day with George sitting on a chair, surrounded by Klingons with knives and disruptors and everything all pointed at him. Uh, And he made a video saying, help, I've been kidnapped. These Scottish Klingons are terrible. They don't just feed you (laughs) Denebian slime devil. They mix haggis in with it, which is disgusting. And (laughs) and, uh, this was a fantastic video. Then at the opening ceremony, we uh, they announced all the, the sort of smaller guests like Susan Sackett and uh, Richard Arnold, etc. Mm-hmm. And then they said, Our guest of honor, George Decay, and he never appeared. No, oh. and they did, they did that a couple of times, still never appeared. And then the doors burst open, 10 Klingons burst in up onto the stage, and we handed them a video. And they put the video in the video recorder and it appeared up in the big screen. There was George, kidnapped by all these Klingons. So we went round the audience with a bucket to -hmm. collect money for his ransom, uh, which was then handed over to STV Telethon that evening. Mm. And then we went outside, got George, brought him back in and released him on the stage. Uh, And that was was like the opening ceremony for 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 the whole weekend. Yeah, and there's, there's a theme there, which I'm, I'm sure you're going to tell us a bit more about as well, that there was a real connection with the group um, that you're, you're involved with there and, and, and the pe- those who wanted to dress as Klingons and charity fundraising. Yes, uh, that was my very first outing in a Klingon uniform. It was very, very basic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in the shipyards. Right. So I made a battle axe, I made a sword, uh, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I got a headpiece, and it was basically a headpiece, a sash, and a leather jacket. What? That was basically that was basically my very first Klingon uniform. What was uh, the headpiece made of? Then? Is that late, latex at that time? Or? It was it was a latex headpiece. Uh, um, I, I was put in contact with a gentleman called Mike Stringer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said to him, look, it's only a couple of weeks to the convention. Can you make me a headpiece? And his answer was, I'll make you a headpiece. If it arrives in time for the convention, you pay for it. If it doesn't arrive in time for the convention, you don't pay for it. Right. Uh, un- unfortunately, it arrived the day before the convention. So uh, <laughs> it was good uh, and bad. And so I had to uh, pay for it. But for it. it was my first outing as a Klingon. Yeah. Uh, so that was my very first outing, and uh, I had joined like, a group of other uh, Klingons, and we then started, apart from the Star Trek conventions, we then started doing our own Klingon events. Right. Uh, so we would do like charity events, like uh, we did Pizza Hut. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a, a Star Trek promotion uh, many years ago at Pizza Hut. Or so one of the films. Sorry? Or one of the films? Was it as a tie-in? No, it, it was. Just, they just had a Star Trek promotion. They had a, oh, okay. they had a, a Star Trek advert on the telly mm-hmm. uh, with Klingons beaming down and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know the so, one. So, way back yeah. in the day. So, we went along to the, some pizza huts and we did tombola stalls outside them and the money went to charity. Right. And we were all there in costume. We've opened up things like PDSA shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did things like that. We've, we've worked for Marie Curie Cancer Care, mm-hmm. uh, Children in Need a lot. 
We used to do Children in Need every single year. Right. And nine times out of ten, we were interviewed live on the Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were. So we did, we did a lot of charity events. Uh, would, would you say that's that's really what, I mean, obviously you were a fan of Klingons, but would you say that that's what got you into it, really, the dressing up part for cosplay that, that you were able to raise money I wanted, for charity? I wanted to, when I started going along to the conventions, I wanted to to join in with, with other people, and I knew people mm. dressed up in Starfleet uniform, etc., and mm. things like that, but I thought I wanted to be slightly different, and yeah. I thought... I'm going to be a Klingon. Everyone loves a Klingon. Everyone remembers the baddies. Mm-hmm. So so that's why I originally became a Klingon. Uh, and obviously that was back in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been through various different uh, uniforms throughout the years. I always made my own uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never once had a screen accurate Klingon uniform. No. Uh, because the thing about Klingon uniforms, you adapt them to suit yourself. Yeah. Uh, so you have weapons hidden about uh, whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, I, fact, I only just uh, realised I was uh, one of the groups that I'm in, the, the USS Valiant. Hmm. We are, we are going to see uh, the Wrath of Khan this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'll do a hybrid Federation Klingon uh, costume. Yeah. So I was looking out some of my Klingon stuff and I found my, my Klingon sash and it just dawned on me that that sash was the original sash I wore back in 1992. Oh, right. Oh, so my, my sash has lasted 30 years That's and incredible. it's still in pristine condition. <laughs> so I've been wearing that sash in every oh, uniform wow, throughout the years, uh, and it's thirty years old. Oh, thanks. That's, that is a long time. And how how many people were in the Klingon group at that time, and, and were also dressing up? Uh, there was a lot of us, especially mm. in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got lots of newspaper articles uh, with us all uh, at these different charity events and stuff like that. There's a fantastic one that was in the Evening Times mm-hmm. when a friend of mine was opening up a model shop on Great Western Road, and yes. it was called the Neutral Zone. Right. Now, when he was opening that up, we all were all there in Klingon uniforms. He had Dave Prowse uh, as the, the guest of honour, right. uh, and he also had, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was the special effects director for Aliens and the Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the, the the gentleman's name, but they were the two guests, and there's a brilliant picture of us at Kelvin uh, Bridge, mm-hmm. all hanging round a phone booth, uh, and it, the 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 headline is "Hang on, is that a Klingon?" <laughs> Inevitably. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we've got lots of newspaper articles yeah. like that. Would it would so, it be possible to? I mean, I know you you have shared some of some of these photos and newspaper yeah. articles with us, which has been fantastic. Would it would it be possible to also put these in the main Facebook page? Yes, Just, I, you know, because yes, as I say, um, I do know, and I, we're very grateful that that uh, we've had some very kind words of encouragement and messages from some people, uh, some Klingons, uh, of course, in Canada. Uh, and Ireland uh, just in the flat last few days, and, and I know that, that they would they would love to see that as well, um, and just to you know to share back in the day really in, in Glasgow and in Scotland. I'll I'll put up a few of them over the weekend. Yeah, that, uh, that's, for that's people fantastic. to see. That's fantastic. So I, I mean, really, as you say, it was a high point. I think it would be it'd be fair to comment on um, for Klingon fandom in Scotland, or certainly in Glasgow in the 1990s and this tie-in with the popularity perhaps of TNG DS9 um, when do you think uh, if we could say there was a decline when would the decline have started Uh, it's hard to say probably when the big Star Trek conventions stopped happening Right. because while the Star Trek conventions were happening People were coming from all around the world to Glasgow, mm-hmm. to the Glasgow Star Trek conventions. Uh, we had 
you know, I mean, we, even George Dickey himself said that he was having breakfast and he bumped into a fan that had come all the way from Osaka, Japan, right. just to go to that Star Trek convention right. in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of thing. And I think once they stopped and these other conventions like your Comic Cons mm-hmm. started taking over, I think that's when the decline started. Right. Because the right. Star Trek conventions would take over a hotel for a whole mm. weekend. Yeah. They would start on the Friday evening and they wouldn't finish till the Monday afternoon. Mm. And they ran 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, nothing, and there was no space at any time where there was nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one in Glasgow on the eighth floor, it was the Thistle Hotel yeah. in Glasgow. On the eighth floor, we used to have club rooms so you're, if you're, you you were a member of a Star Trek group, then mm-hmm. you could book it, book out the club room. It was always booked out from 10 o'clock onwards on a Saturday night for the Klingon party. Right. And the Klingon parties in the Glasgow conventions were legendary. Mm-hmm. I used to run the fantastic Klingon party. But they also had video rooms. They had about three video rooms showing Star Trek and sci-fi 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Now, some people that couldn't afford to stay in a hotel no. would just go up to the video rooms and just sit at the back of a video room and sleep out at, during the night. <laughs> but the videos were running 24 hours. 24 hours, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, this would be, what's it, late 90s? Oh, late 90s, yes. Mm, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, obviously, in more recent times, I, I, do you think the the popularity of anime... I mean, I'm thinking in terms that you see a lot of people at cons now dressing in anime as anime characters. Yes, anime, I think, yes, has had an effect. And the fact that more people have been cosplaying as other things. Mm -hmm. You see, back back in the day, uh, loads of people cosplayed as uh, Starfleet or Klingons, etc. But when the anime stuff started coming in, then it was started to be cool to dress up. Yes. You know Main, what I mean? Mainstream. Yeah. Mm. It became mainstream and people didn't look down upon uh, cosplayers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as I said, the, the, the convention styles changed yes. to just an event during the day where you would just come in and everyone would be there, and the guests would be there, and the dealers would be there. Back in, the, in our day, we had a separate room for the dealers and a separate room for the signings. So they weren't all mixed together. Right. So right. I think the, the change in the Comic Cons mm-hmm. uh, sort of moved away from the, the niche that the Star Trek conventions mm-hmm. were. Uh, so it, it was good in one way, but it, it it was bad for the, the the Klingon side or the Star Trek side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, we are we are delighted to say we're we are still here today. Um, and yourself and myself and, and others that we know, of course, in our own group, still uh, enjoy, of course, dressing as a Klingon and going to to different conventions. But as you say, it's not specifically a Star Trek event now. No, no. You know, I mean, it's good when 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 these events get a Star Trek guest, etc. Yeah, uh, yeah, so you know, I mean, yeah. but but back in the day when when it was just primarily Star Trek and it was all Star Trek guests, mm. that was the, the that was the highlight yeah. uh, of the the, the 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 event scene for me. How far um, would you would you, obviously quite a few there in Glasgow itself, but how far would you travel to go to a convention then? Uh, well, back in the day, I used to go to loads of conventions in the south of England. Right. Uh, Midcon was was a was a classic. Uh, I was I was a very close friend of the actor Michael Sheard. Mm. Uh, I was one of his chums who actually just on the thirty first of uh, August there. That was the anniversary, the seventeenth anniversary of his his death. Right. So. So it's, it's strong in my mind. Uh, he was he used to go to a lot of conventions, like down in England and, and stuff like that. In fact, his wife saw him about two weekends a year, if lucky, <laughs> uh, because he was always at conventions all over the world. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, he's Doctor Who stuff. Mm-hmm. He's 
Space 1999, mm-hmm. uh, obviously uh, Star Wars Admiral Ozzo, yes, uh, but more yeah. more uh, famous, he was Mr. Bronson in Grange Hill. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah indeed. Huh? So he went all over the world going to conventions. So whenever he was at a convention, we would try to go as well. Right, right. <clears throat> because he categorised people. You were a friend, a work colleague, uh, an acquaintance. Uh, he didn't call people fans. They were appreciators. Right. Uh, nice. He called them appreciators. Uh, but if you were really close to him like we were, you were his chum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he only ever had one person that he called his pal, and that was my son. Right. He was at a Star Trek convention up in Aberdeen, and we all went up to Aberdeen, a huge Klingon collection, because they had Gowron. As the ah, guest, okay. right? Uh, so they had Robert O'Reilly, right? Mm. So he was the main guest. So it was supposed to be a Star Trek convention, but it, technically it turned into a Star Wars convention because Michael Sheard agreed to go as a guest. Mm-hmm. So he invited along Peter Mayhew, Kenny Baker, and a. Uh, Boba Fett, what's his name now? Jeremy Bullock. Jeremy Bullock, yeah. So, so yeah. he invited the three of them along. So ended up four really? Star Wars guests and one Klingon guest. Mm-hmm. So we went up to that convention and Michael met my son, who was about two and a half at the time. Right. And they just became instant friends. I'm not kidding. It, the, 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 it just clicked just like that. Uh, they, were, they were fantastic together. And... So we were friends with Michael for all those years, and we would always go to a convention that he was at, if possible, mm-hmm. uh, so that uh, he and Alan could meet up uh, and catch up, etc. Yeah. So, so but, a fair, uh, a fair bit of travelling. Yes. Indeed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We used to uh, travel. That I've never been abroad to a convention, but I have travelled right. the length and breadth of uh, the UK. Yeah. And what, I mean, what are some of your other main interests of science fiction and fantasy maybe as well? Uh, well, I, I do love my Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I have cosplayed uh, as an Auton from Doctor Who, right. uh, which was hysterical in Glasgow when the, the, the exhibition was here in Glasgow. Uh, me and a, my, my friend, we used to have competitions to he, who could scare the most. Right. Uh, I won with 187 scares in one day. Nice. Uh, so, well, 187 screams, I should mm-hmm. say. Uh, <clears throat> so, but uh, but I, I do like... Uh, like some fantasy stuff, especially Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main cosplay these days uh, is Mad Eye Moody from Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Having the amputated leg, it fits in well with the costume, mm-hmm. uh, and the kids just love it. Uh, but I've done a pirate as well before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually got a real peg leg here that I can put on a peg leg and walk about on a peg leg. And mm-hmm. as far as the kids are concerned, I'm a real pirate. Yeah, well, you know I mean, other people yeah. are just dressed as pirates, but when you've got a real peg leg, you're a real pirate. Yeah, yeah, it certainly works. Uh, and in, in fact, uh, just a couple of weeks ago there in Glasgow, you did the Harry Potter. Yeah, I had to do two costumes in one day mm-hmm. because the guests that I wanted to see were only there on the Saturday. Right. So I did René Artois from Yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I did that in the morning so that I could get a photo with uh, um, Yvette and Michelle, uh, um, no, Yvette and Maria. Yes. Uh, the two girls from Hello uh, Hello. So mm-hmm. uh, once I had my photo taken with them, I then had to rush up the stairs, shave off my moustache, put on my scars, put on my Mad Eye Moody costume and get back mm-hmm. down the stairs again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did that actually within half an hour, which I was very impressed with <laughs> because it normally takes me about an hour to get ready. Uh, so I managed to do it in half an hour, and then I spent the rest of the day uh, mm-hmm. as uh, Alistair Moody. And it was, yeah, it was a good event. Um, as I said, I think uh, last week that, that I I did the full day, or as much of it as I could with a latex forehead, as a Klingon. Um, and it was certainly an experience. First time I've been in, first time I think I've actually been in Brayhead Shopping Centre full stop, would you believe? But it's quite, quite an experience uh, walking through the shopping set. I didn't realise you had to walk quite so far through the shop, yeah. the shops, 
to get to the centre, uh, of course, dress as a Klingon. So, uh, but people being Glasgow, um, people were 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 very friendly and uh, were happy to comment. I think you could say, or, or certainly to ask questions. <laughs> Uh, and as I'm sure they did of, of various cosplayers that on that occasion. Ah well, the Klingons always go down well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a time uh, it was 27 years ago. Uh, the Star Trek uh, exhibition was in Edinburgh, right? And we were invited along uh, on the opening day. Uh, and I had to be there at half past six in the morning mm-hmm. for a live link on the breakfast news. Right. Uh, so I was there right from the start, and there was me in full battle dress, and there was another gentleman dressed as a classic Klingon. Oh, okay. So there was there was the two of us, a classic and uh, next gen. So we were we were there uh, for a live link at seven o'clock, and then we were given the reign of the place. So we were allowed to wander about this whole place until the press arrived at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we, we got to hold the props and, and stuff like that. So uh, it was it was excellent. But later on in the day, all the other Klingons turned up. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where we were all outside walking along the street. I think there was seven of us in costume. Oh, and right. someone, across, someone across the road shouted, Look! Klingons, and it was as if we had all practiced it. We all turned around at the same time and went, "Where?" <laughs> and obviously, yeah. everyone thought this was hysterical because we were all looking for these Klingons, uh, yeah. and we were the yeah. Klingons. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. it was great fun. Okay. Uh, and the, the reason I know it was twenty seven years ago was because my wife was there in Klingon uniform, right. and she was eight months pregnant. Ah, okay. Okay. So that's how that's I know when it was. Standout memory. Yeah, yes. yeah indeed. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had to let yeah. a fling on uniform out. I had to put, had to put elastic panels at the sides yeah, uh, so that yeah. she could get the cling on uniform to fit. Yeah. I think, yeah, picking up on something you said earlier there about all your, your cling on gear and, and costumes are, are homemade uh, by yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, they're not what you would call screen accurate. And, and I, th- I think. For me as well, that that's part of, of the attraction and, and the appeal of the Klingon uniform is that you can adapt it. You can have a shot yourself. Um, you don't need to spend an inordinate amount of money. And See, you, just, you just really have to have fun putting it together. One of the easiest ways to make a Klingon uniform is you go into a charity shop, you pick up a black leather jacket, Mm-hmm. You remove the sleeves mm-hmm. and you use this the material for the sleeves to make your shoulder armor. Yep. And then you buy a couple of bits of fur and you make your fur sleeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's your your your, your basic uh, tunic. Good. It's good to go. So yep, exactly. Yeah. And I've I've been doing that for 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Making cling on uniform out of Absolutely. leather jackets out of charity shop. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, but as as you also remarked there, you know when when you walk when you do walk into a convention, even now, you know people know what a Klingon is. It's it's such a famous villain, really, um, of screen, and so you're rec- you're recognised, and it does maybe stand out a wee bit more today because does, there are fewer yes. of uh-huh. us, and it's um, very impressive. You know, what I mean. Uh... I mentioned Michael Sheard before. Uh, he has written four books over the years. Uh, and this, the first book's called Yes, Mr. Bronson. Uh, the second book, he actually writes a wee bit about my son. And in the third book, he actually writes about the the, the, the Star Trek club, the USS Valiant. Oh, okay. uh, and he writes that he's, there's a whole chapter uh, about uh, the USS Valiant in the mm-hmm. book. Uh, but he actually uh, says in one of the books, I'm not sure which one it is, that you wouldn't want to meet me in my Klingon uniform on a dark night in an alley <laughs> because I would scare the life out of you. <laughs> but if you were to meet me out of costume, I'm a really nice guy. <laughs> so he actually puts it in the book that, you know, I mean, you, you come across one of these Klingons and they're very impressive, they're, they're very intimidating, <laughs> but that's what you need to be when you're a Klingon. When you put on that uniform, you do change character. You actually become the character. 
Yeah. So you do. Yeah. Uh, well, I do anyway. That's yeah. that's the way I see. When I put on my Klingon uniform, I become the head of the House of Karastai. Mm-hmm. So I have to have fun with I, it. That's the thing. I can't speak Klingon fluently, mm-hmm. right? I don't see the need. Uh, I know enough no. phrases to get by if I'm interviewed on TV. Mm-hmm. So I know enough phrases to get by for, for that. Yeah. Uh, I've even done a Klingon opera before. Okay, okay. Uh, at one of the Star Trek conventions, we put on a Klingon opera. And it was all about how a young boy uh, becomes a warrior. Right, and basically there was a a monster killing people, and the Klingon says, "Who will the the, the sort of the king Klingon or the leader or, or the mm-hmm. emperor or whatever it is?" He says, "Who will come with me to kill this this creature?" And this wee tiny boy steps forward and says, "I'll come with you." And right. the the king goes off to fight the monster. The monster gives him a, 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 a death blow. I was playing the king. So I'm lying dying and I hand the battle to the boy and the boy then kills the monster. Right. Uh, and this is the story of how a young Klingon becomes a, a, a warrior mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, the rite of passage. So uh, yeah. the problem with it was it was all in Klingon. Ah, okay. So no one had a clue what was going what was, on. What was it was fun to watch. Yes. But no one had a clue Dramatic. what was happening. Uh, except us that were in the, the thing. And it even appeared on a, a TV show. Okay. Channel 4 had a sci-fi night. And mm-hmm. it was all to do with sci-fi. And Craig Charles from Red Dwarf mm-hmm. had a, a show on it. And he brought us along to a theatre in Glasgow and they filmed part of the, the Klingon opera. Right. And he then showed it on his programme uh, for part of the sci-fi night. Okay. And you ha- have you taken part in any Klingon karaoke? No. <laughs> no, I don't think no. I'm... I'm, I'm not... I'm, I can't sing. So no. I'm, not a, I'm not a big karaoke fan. Uh, no, so no. it's like singing in Klingon that would be even worse yeah oh, I know I know I, I, I do see it advertised here and there but I thought mm, yeah not not great not great for us uh, perhaps just at the moment need, need an awful lot of practice for that yeah and I so, don't drink so it's not as if I can get drunk and then do it so no I don't no, no, yeah. <laughs> I think most people need a couple of drinks there first uh, certainly in Glasgow anyway but um, but the USS Valiant then, which has been established for some time in Glasgow, and the Klingons are a part of that group. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so when the, the sort of demise of uh, the sort of Star Trek conventions in Glasgow and stuff like that, uh, some of the Klingons obviously were f- few and far between local. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, the, there's maybe about 10 of us in the Valiant. Okay. Uh, so, but not a lot of people can make it along. You know what I mean? We've got people out in uh, Coat Bridge and, and places like that that can't mm-hmm. make it uh, to the, the, the meetings and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, there's usually about two or three of us uh, each week uh, going along to the Valiant. Mm-hmm. But the Valiant has been running for a long time. So, mm-hmm. so uh, way back in the day... Uh, we our our group was called Klingons Unite, right. and then when the the person who ran Klingons Unite, my my superior, when he left to run these Star Trek conventions, so he did. He was on the committee for these conventions, so he left right. me in charge. So I changed it from Klingons Unite to the Stealth Attack Squadron, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically three ships. Uh, you've got the 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 flagship, which is the the IKV Cobra. Then you've got the uh, IKV Scorpion, uh, which is run by a, a, another Klingon family. Uh, and then we have the IKV Dragon, and the IKV Dragon is all female uh, right. crew. Right. So it is. So the commanding officer and all crew are female, except if you've got any young children, they can go on it. Right, right. So my son was on that ship till he was about seven or eight, and then he transferred over to one of the other ships. Okay. And again, would the people involved there be based mostly in, in, in and around Glasgow? Uh, 
Uh, most of us, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh -huh. the, the, the commander of the of the, the uh, Scorpion, uh, he's just along the road, uh, just off Springburn. Uh, oh, okay. So he is okay. the 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 commander of the uh, the all female ship uh, is here in uh, Kirky, mm -hmm. uh, but she's. She can't make it along to the can the can the the events the some meetings and stuff like that because she's in the local council. She's a councillor now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, a Klingon councillor. Yeah, yeah. A Klingon councillor. Yeah, yeah, I could be uh, a first. Yeah, but yes, it's it's great, isn't it? Now, um, obviously, you've you've got the group in Glasgow there, or, or the the ten ten or so people. The Valiant is the is Valiant. probably the the, the, the biggest uh, Starfleet group in Glasgow. Yeah, uh, it has been running now for for twenty five years. Mm. Uh, so uh, it's it's been a long time, uh, and we meet every Tuesday night mm. at the moment. Uh, once it gets into winter. We'll probably change it to maybe once or twice a month, mm -hmm. uh, but at the yeah. moment we're, we're we're meeting every Tuesday night uh, yeah. at the Maltman. Uh, and you're going to see the Wrath of Khan at the weekend. Yes, we're all going in costume. Uh, so we are. A couple of people are going in uh, the Monster Maroon Wrath of Khan uniforms. Mm -hmm. Others will be in other Starfleet uniforms. Uh, I'm going to be in a sort of Deep Space Nine, but. Uh, it's been cling Klingonized, so right. it has. Uh, mm -hmm. I've added like Klingon stuff to it. I'll have my Klingon sash, my gauntlets, mm -hmm. and I will be donning my my Klingon ridges. Good, 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 good. Yeah, and I mean it's a good it's a good event. I know that a few of us uh, are going in Edinburgh to to the Wrath of Khan next week as well. As some of the group are going in Stirling, so yeah, around the country and. It's encouraging, isn't it, that, that obviously we have the Glasgow-based Klingons there, but now we also have a few in across in Edinburgh, and we have some in, in Stirling, we have some in Aberdeen, and we've got one or two now in Dundee, I'm delighted to say, and we've got a fantastic group down in, in uh, my mm. original home county of Ayrshire. Yep. So yeah, well, I mean we, we have we used, to have we used to have Klingons all over. We used to have mm. some, some up in Dundee. Obviously, my, my mate John that, that lived up in Dundee, he passed away uh, a few years ago, unfortunately. But but he was based in Dundee, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he was he was a good Klingon. So he was he 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 had a more wharf style Klingon headpiece. So right. it stood quite high on the head, mm -hmm. so it did. It was like mm -hmm. a foam one, so it was very high ridges. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Uh, I've went through different styles of ridges over the years. Mm -hmm. My current ones are actually the Duros uh, ridges. Okay. So they are. Uh, so that's the, the ridges that I've got at the moment. My, mm -hmm. my son and I have both got those. Cool. Uh, it just it's just a, it was like a, a gentleman in America that was that, that made the head pieces right. uh, and I saw the, this one on his his Etsy site and I thought oh I quite like the the Juras one so mm -hmm. that's what we got. Is that Bill um, Hendrick? Yes yeah. it was yes. Yeah, yeah a lot of fantastic work and yeah. he does, oh, he does, in he does do fantastic work yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and, and what I was going to say there that you know who would have thought I suppose all these years later, um, from the high point of the early 1990s, that, that here we would be in 2022, and we would still have a few Klingons in Scotland and different oh, yes. parts of it, uh, and, and yeah. been able to go to, now to conventions, conventions, which is great I mean, after the last two or three years. I mean, I've got a good good few friends that are that are classed as Klingons, but mm -hmm. uh, they're just. They don't put on their uniforms or the thing, you know. What I mean, no. I think the last uh, the last time we had a full squad of Klingons was oh we had well two thousand and nine when the Star Trek movie came out. Right. Uh, to the yeah, we had an awful lot. Uh, at the the science center, the IMAX in Glasgow. Right. Because right. I worked for the science center, mm -hmm. uh, so I had arranged with them for us to all go along, and we we all got free tickets to see the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had, oh, I think we must have had about twelve mm -hmm. uh, all together, uh, and pl plus maybe about eight or ten feds as well. 
Mm-hmm. So there was there was a huge amount of us there that time. So and we got photos all over the the science centre. I think well, I, I think there's been a a bit of a change in in the way we do things. I mean, it's really encouraging. You're you're mentioning going to the cinema there and, and indeed doing it this weekend. Um, but I think perhaps because of the two years we had without conventions, that you know people were sort of turning a bit more to the internet, to chat rooms, chat rooms or forums or, or or this sort of thing, maybe a podcast or you know video calls with each other just to keep in touch with people. Yes, uh-huh. and so there's but- there's different there are different ways now, aren't there, that, that people can feel part of a group without necessarily. Yeah. Exactly. I said earlier on, that away team that we used to go to, there was no internet, so you couldn't see episodes of Star Trek, and Mm -hmm. you had to wait for them to appear here, which was like six, seven months after they had had appeared in America, America. and that's why they had this system where they sent them over. Yeah. Uh, so we could all go along and sit and watch these videos together. Yeah. Uh, because I'll, I'll never forget the time uh, it came to the finale, the best of both worlds. Uh, and it came to that finale. And then we had to wait like three months before we saw the next episode. <laughs> uh, so, and, and this day of binge watching, of course, as well. Uh-huh. You know, and and streaming, streaming services like Netflix. But yeah, so, you know, we're talking through there and you gave us a lot of a really good information about how, how it all started in the 1990s in Glasgow um, for you and for the group. And we're really talking through a bit of an evolution as maybe the word of Klingon fandom as well as Star Trek fandom and just the way that people do things. And we still have the chance to go to conventions. We can, as we're saying, you can have a good bit of fun putting the uniform together. You might go to the cinema together, you know, have a have a meal out and so on. Uh, yep. But mixed mixed in with that, we also now have quite a regular. You know, I, I know our group and, and you're part of it, of course, um, has pretty regular uh, discussions and interactions in the chat room on Facebook. Yes, uh-huh. uh The internet has helped keep groups together, mm-hmm. uh, so it has. Uh, but it's it's not the same as meeting up. No, uh, you you, you want face to face is number one. I know. Absolutely, absolutely. We, we used to have we used to have uh, grudge matches uh, in ten pin bowling mm-hmm. between the Klingons the and the Reds. Yeah. Uh, and we went along in costumes, so you were bowling in costumes. So the, so the Klingons were at a slight disadvantage yeah. because we had the big bulky costumes and, and the Reds were in their pajamas. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but we used yeah. to have 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 great days uh, doing these uh, ten pin bowling matches, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember one time uh, I found out that you know the guy that was in Taggart, uh, not Mark McManus, the the young guy that was yes. with him, yeah, uh, James McPherson or whatever. That's right. Was. Yeah. I found out he was a big Star Trek fan. Oh, okay. So I had written to him saying we were having this charity match. Mm-hmm. It was for 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 for. Uh, I think it was for uh, cancer research or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I mean, would he want to come along and join us? Uh, and I got a letter back saying that he couldn't make it uh, because he was he was doing something. Mm-hmm. But then Blythe Duff turned right. up in his place right. on the day we didn't even know she just appeared mm-hmm. uh, and she posed for photos with us all uh, and and it was fantastic yeah so yeah for, for yeah if, if anybody hasn't seen Tiger as well do search out one or two back episodes of that it's, it's very well known in Scotland of course um, well, my, 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 one of my wife's claim to fame is uh, she was doing a nurse's training at Stob Hill Hospital and she was pushing a wee old lady on a, a bed to go to the operating theatre. And she came out from one of the corridors and knocked someone flying. And he landed in his backside on the ground. And it was Mark McManus. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They was, were actually was... in Stop Hill Hospital filming Taggart. There hadn't uh, quite been a murder, but almost. I know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so she knocked him flying. And the wee old lady's on, on the bed going, that's him off the telly. And my wife <laughs> says, I don't care who it is. He's in my way. <laughs> <laughs> or there will be a murder, perhaps. I know. 
Uh, well, moving just kind of moving towards a conclusion, uh, Kevin. I think it's always a story. She's me. This is episode four, as I said at the start, and the way time flies in, always a good sign because it shows that you're enjoying yourself. Yes, yeah, we've we've caught we, we've covered so much ground again there. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic to hear your, your many memories there of so many different things, all of them connected in some way to Klingon um, fandom. If if you were to pick, I know it's a tough question, isn't it? Even a top three. But if you were to pick, a, a, you know, one standout memory, and I know you, you've given us so many there, but one standout memory you'd put top in your, in your time as a Klingon fan. Right. Uh, I'll give you two. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, back in the day, Star Trek convention in Glasgow, uh, Michael Dorn was one of the guests. Right. And I made a, a plaque with a, a wee brass battleth on it uh, with uh, a couple of like Scottish thistle and a Scottish stag and stuff like that on this wee, wee wooden plaque. Mm-hmm. And I made it and I said to the, the organisers, uh, could I give it to Michael Dorn at the signing session? Mm-hmm. And he went, are you going to be here for the closing ceremony? And I went, yeah. He says, give it to him at the closing ceremony. So at the closing ceremony for the event, the head organiser stood up and said, I believe the, the, the Scottish Klingons have a, a presentation for you, Michael. And he invited me up on stage. So I went up on stage in full battle dress mm-hmm. and I presented to Michael Dorn on the stage. Yes. Uh, and he loved it. He loved it, and he took off the wee battleth, and he was swinging it about above his head. It was only like four inches long, yeah, but he was yeah. swinging it about above his head, saying, "Look, a mini battleth." <laughs> so, so that was the first one. Yeah. Uh, the last one was just it was only a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Comic Con Scotland, right. at Ingolston, mm-hmm. and they had my all-time favourite Klingon, uh, Commander Cruz, mm-hmm. uh, Doc Brown from. Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he was there at the, the event and I was going up from a photo uh, and I couldn't be bothered taking all my whole Klingon uniform. So I did a Federation uniform, but I put on the Klingon command cloak yeah. and my Klingon ridges and stuff like that. And I went up to him uh, for the photo and chatting away, shook his hand and I says, I says, would you mind putting on the Klingon command cloak for the photo? Mm-hmm. Of course I will. Mm-hmm. So I took off the command and Klingon command cloak. He put it on, and I got a photo with Commander Cruz wearing his <laughs> Klingon command cloak. Yeah. Brilliant. So that 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 was that was a highlight, a Klingon highlight. It definitely yeah. was. Oh, absolutely not too. too just the fact brilliant. that he is my. I based my original Klingon character on Commander Cruz. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm very fond of his portrayal as well. I would say. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To me, he just oozed Klingon. Yes, did perfect for the part and the role. Um, no, these are two. These are two really good choices. Um, just, to, just as I say, to kind of round us off. Um, and so, do do um, if you get a chance, if you're in Glasgow, I know we have passed that information information on to some of our, our people based there who haven't been along yet. But if you get a chance, to go along to some of the USS Valiance events. And as Kevin told us earlier, um, hopefully there a chance to meet up with some Klingons there as well. And that's on every Tuesday night. Tuesday nights at the moment in the Maltman. The Maltman. Uh, and what time is About half, half past seven? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock onwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. we're just up on the. We call it the bridge. Uh, they've got a, a, a raised section with stairs up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we sit up there. With, so we're up on the bridge. Yeah, and yeah. So we do encourage uh, our, our people, as as I say, in our own group, um, to get along and and to join in with that if 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 and where possible. And as always mm-hmm. tonight, um, if you if you like what you hear, if you want to find out more about the Scottish Klingons, uh, anything we've been talking about there, then do check us out on Facebook. Just simply search for Scottish Klingons. And we're also across on Twitter under the same moniker and also on Instagram as well. And so for this evening, it is many, many thanks, Kevin, for giving up your, your time tonight and sharing so many stories with us there. That was absolutely brilliant. 
And... I'm always I'm always happy to to to, to talk Star Trek. Yeah. So yeah. anytime. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm delighted. I, and I can see it uh, quite generally. We only set this up two or three days ago. <laughs> I think it was when you had put some of the newspaper articles up. That's correct, on yes. The, on the, on, cha- in the, chat on room, the group in the chat, chat room, yeah. In Facebook. And, you know, it, it looked, so many stories connected to them. And I said, that to me would, make, would be great on the podcast. Um, to hear a bit more about some of these events and you know you, you very kindly agreed right away and we, we could just kind of set it up very quickly um, which is the beauty of podcasting as well isn't it that um, it is, if yes. you find mutual time that you're free then this is the sort of thing we can do um, yeah. but thanks thanks again Kevin I've thoroughly enjoyed that and it's great as well because as I said we were talking to Ian up in Aberdeen last week we've, we've We've been all over, you know, we, we spoke to Gregor in Edinburgh and we heard about Star Trek fandom there. And of course, we were also talking to Alison down in Ayrshire. And here we are tonight up in back up in Glasgow. And so we're really getting around the country with these episodes as well, which is great. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, it's great. So, and, and, so, is... and, and why not? You know, I mean, we're all spread out all over. So mm-hmm. we might as well have our, our own wee bit from each area. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's just fantastic, as I say, that that th- all these years later, after the, the kind of height of it, if you like, that we're still here, and there still are people enjoying getting together. And as you said, it's about you know ideally face to face, and meeting up with other like-minded people, having a bit of fun with it, and sharing these interests. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially all the Klingons, yes. Absolutely, <laughs> especially all the Klingons. So, Madge, I'll say that one again. I have to get, I have to try and get at least one Klingon word in every week. <laughs> that was very, very good. Um, oh, glo- glory to you and your house, and to yours. And for me, Robert, it is a very good night. And, and from Ken, the Battle Lord, it is good night from me. <laughs> good night.